friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We're here to provide a safe space for open dialogue, insights, and anecdotes about empowered pregnancy, labor, delivery, parenthood, and everything in between with zero judgment and open hearts and minds. I'm Jess, a level one CrossFit trainer and a licensed and certified athletic trainer. I have my master's in kinesiology and I'm currently studying to be a certified nutrition consultant and a birth fit coach. I'm the blogger behind Hold the Space Wellness as well as a mama to two small kiddos. And I'm Laura, a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, birth fit Santa Cruz regional director, and mama to Evie Wilder. I'm also the owner of Radical Roots. Head over to MyRadicalRoots.com to find recipes, insights, and nutrition consulting. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hey guys, welcome to episode seven. I believe this is going to be episode seven of the Modern Mamas podcast. And it is just Laura and I flying solo today, which, you know, I have loved all of our guests, but it's really fun to just to kind of hang out and chat with you. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Before we dive in um, to this really, really fun episode, this is not a sciencey episode. This is just us kind of shooting the breeze. Um, Let's check in and see how... Laura's doing because we all know that my life is boring, but Laura, (laughs) how are you doing? (laughs) I am doing well. Evie is one day away from three weeks, so we're 20 days in and life is really great. Um, Nights have been pretty good. We're figuring things out day by day as, as any mom knows, that's how it kind of, how it goes. You can read every book and think, you know, you're going to know what to do, but you don't until you're there. Um, Jess and I, we haven't aired it yet. This is like a little fun teaser, but we got to talk to Liz Wolf. Um, we recorded last week about aware parenting. And so that's been really fun for me to start to implement some of that style in it where it's so far, it's been really great working well for us. Um, so I'm excited for you guys to hear that podcast. And then I'll kind of probably end up diving in a little bit more about what we're doing and how it's working. Um, but it's a pretty beautiful thing. So feeling good yesterday, my parents came over and we, um, went and got lunch and that was great. Uh, there's a little cafe nearby and they've got like outdoor couches. So it's a really good place for us to, and sandwiches. So easy to eat with one hand. And then I can also like lounge back and breastfeed her if needed. And so that was great. And then we went and got drinks at, um, a little brewery nearby. And it's fun because there's a lot of walking distance stuff. I don't like putting her in the car seat yet, period. <laughs> I just don't like it. So um, anytime we can walk, I, I do that. And I breastfed her at the, at the brewery. And my mom took a picture and I posted it. And the feedback I've gotten has been huge. It's really cool to see um, people so excited about seeing um, mama breastfeeding in public. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been no negative criticism or anything. It's all been super positive. So that makes me feel really good. Um, that, you know, the, the society is coming around to the mm-hmm. fact that breastfeeding is natural and normal and beautiful and that boobs are not just for sexualization. They're for feeding our little ones. So yeah, things are good. We're getting out and about and that feels really good. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Things are good. You look amazing. So <laughs> Thank you. I feel good. That's awesome. I'm so I always love hearing your updates, even though we talk on a pretty much daily basis. <laughs> it's so nice to see. And I did see your Instagram photo and I was like, all the praise hands, like that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I am um, I it's not that I I 
I don't, it's me, totally me. Like I always had a hard time nursing in public. Um, and it, like, if I, if I ever saw another mama, I would always like go up and tell her like, you're, you're amazing. Awesome. But yeah. I don't know. It's just something like, I don't know what my deal was. And now we're kind of past the point where, you know, honestly, Camille's about to probably wean herself, not by my choice. She's almost a year old, but she just doesn't like nursing as much as Bear did. Like he would want to nurse yeah. anywhere, any given time. She could kind of take it or leave it. But um, I kind of wish I could go back and do it all over again, just so I could like push myself to go outside of my comfort zone. What was did you that? Yeah. <laughs> That was amazing. Nicely done, Evie. <laughs> Her first public poop. How sweet. As she's breastfeeding. Yeah. In one side, out the other. Oh my gosh, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Anyways, um, proceed. I lost my train of thought. I'm talking about You wanted to go back and do it over. Yes. So I could just kind of get, get outside of my comfort zone. But yeah. I think that ship has sailed, so... Yeah. It was funny. Cause my mom, like I was breastfeeding her and she took like the, the, um, burp cloth and like went to go like cover me a little mm-hmm. bit. And I, for her, it's just like a different, mm-hmm. you know, it's a different generation. And I was like, no, it's fine. I'll only put that. I'll put that over her. Like if the sun gets on her face, but there's no sun right now. Um, and she didn't, obviously she didn't say anything after like, don't you want to cover up? I think it wasn't even, she didn't even give it any thought. It was like, this yeah. is just what, what we do is we cover right. And I, she doesn't like having stuff over her face. So yeah. it's not like I'm trying to be like, I want my boob out. It's like, that's what makes her happy. That's what right. I don't want something on my face when I'm eating, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and we're in Santa Cruz. No one even, no one even batted an eye, yeah. you know what I mean? But, and I feel fortunate for that to be in a, in a, in a, um, girlfriend. She's probably feeling so good right now. <laughs> oh, she feels 10 pounds lighter. <laughs> that's oh, I love it. Anyways, um, and on that note, having my mom and dad in town, we're going to talk today about um, like support systems, finding your tribe, asking for space, etc. So things are going well in that arena too. Just an update there, like having, and we'll get more into this. But like my parents have been really great, and I didn't know what to expect. You don't know what to expect yeah. going yeah. in, but they've been coming like once a week, and it's been really pleasant and. You know, so that's been fun, and I'm excited to dive a little bit more into that. Um, but before I do, what are what's up with you? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm doing the CrossFit, uh, my level one research this weekend. So I've been, oh my gosh, how fun! Yeah, I've been trying to. So it's been a while. My story is we used to own a gym, a CrossFit gym, for a hot minute, and mm-hmm. then I was super into CrossFit and training and um, all that jazz, and then obviously had kiddos, got out of it, didn't really have a lot of time for it. Um, and so I do need to go over like the manual. So I've been kind of reading through everything. Um, I'm excited for you. It's such a fun seminar. It is. I I mean, I remember going through it the first time and enjoying it, but some of the like technical stuff, I Mm. forget how the written exam was, but like there's talking about like the glycolytic, um, Mm. like phase and like the phosphagen phase. And I'm like, okay, was this on there? Because I really need to like brush up on it. So well, at least there's, there'll be a good lecture and that will help you. I'm sure like once you hear it again, it'll just all come flooding back. Yeah, totally. That's where are you taking it in San Antonio? Yeah. In San Antonio, I think it's CrossFit Lackland. They didn't used to do it when I took my first um, seminar. So I remember teaching the level one in San Antonio. It used to be at Alamo CrossFit, um, which is actually not, I did it. Yeah. That's not a, not a uh, not a gym anymore. 
oh. kind of crazy. Um, so I'm studying up for that. I, and after that's done, I'm actually going to start the nutrition course. So I'm excited because cool. I'm trying to like do one thing at a time. So yeah, I'll do yeah, the CrossFit thing. I'll do the nutrition course and then I'll have the birth fit seminar um, at the end of August. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited for you. Yeah. Another I've got one. the birth fit summit this coming weekend. Right. Oh, so you are going. Um, so it's a four day thing. It's like, uh, you know, it's something where I was like, I can't, I don't want to miss this, but I also, I can't fathom being traveling or having four full days of like jam packed. Mm-hmm. So I talked to Lindsay, the founder of BirthFit, and I'm going to go for two days. I think, Perfect. um, still deciding I'm, I'll book the flights this afternoon. And so I think we'll go, it's Thursday through Sunday. I think we'll go Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Um, because that was my biggest stressor. I think is like thinking about being gone and like having four full days and, but two days I can manage. And, and I think I'll take away so much from it. Just like being surrounded by that tribe. Mm-hmm. And again, back to that topic, um, right. and being, you know, the, these women who are just so supportive and have been so supportive for me to me throughout this whole pregnancy. And then through this postpartum period, all through, you know, online social media or phone calls or texts. And so it'd be really good. I think for, to be able to see them in person, I think it'll fill my spirit. So that's the plan. We'll probably go fly out Thursday night and come home Saturday night. Um, I'll let you know for sure on our next recording guys and get to fill you in on that, but it should be really incredible. So yeah. excited. I can't wait to hear about it. I'm sure we'll see plenty of snaps and not snaps. Does anybody even Snapchat anymore? Stories. Yeah. (laughs) We call them Insta snapograms around here. (laughs) (laughs) Some sort of social media thing. Something. Um, Yeah. Cool. Well, that's exciting. And that's really it for me. Other than food, I just ate the most amazing sandwich. I don't know if you saw it on Instagram. I did. I was watching it like as I was waiting to get on here (laughs) with the egg, the yolk porn. Oh my God. It was amazing. And then the the ice cream. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's so you guys, I posted a picture like what a month ago, maybe not even, I think it was like the Sunday before I went into labor. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and, uh, it was, I went to this local ice creamery. We have like three amazing ice creameries here that like make it everything from organic local ingredients. And they had a goat cheese, blueberry ice cream. And I posted a picture and then Jess is like, I'm doing it. And I'm like, of course <laughs> you are. Cause you're great at this stuff. So if you haven't seen it, go check out her blog and her Instagram feed because it yeah. looks better than the one I posted. It's actually, I had a bunch of other recipes in line to like go up on the blog and I was like, yeah, I can't, nope. I have to do this one. So it's going to come out on Thursday. Well, it'll be up by the time the podcast goes live, but it yes. is amazing. It's my favorite thing I've ever made. Like seriously. And my dad, I wrote about it in the blog. So my dad is like, this, this check-in has taken a while, but, um, my dad is totally, he like, he made fun of me the other day because he's like, what is grass fed? Like, everything's grass fed. I, all I see is cows eating grass. I'm like, dad, that's here in Texas. That's not everywhere either. Like, a lot of times, like, feedlots. And, like, I tried to, like, educate him. And he's like, ah, I think that's just the way people make money. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and so, anyways, he came for dinner. And I told him, oh, by the way, I'm going to be making ice cream out of coconut milk and goat cheese. And he was like... <laughs> what he was totally they make fun of us all the time for the way we eat which is fine like you know I've tried to educate him in a million different ways but he's gonna do what he's gonna do um but anyways he loved the ice cream he was just like it tastes like cheesecake I love it like I bet it tastes like oh my god it was amazing I love you did coconut so there's no there's no cow's milk dairy no cow's milk dairy so it's all coconut milk it's paleo-ish because yeah, it's got the goat primal. milk, but yeah, it's primal. Totally. 
What do you um, sweeten it with? Honey? I used maple syrup because okay. I, I let Camille have some. And so I still, you know, the honey before a year old is kind of like iffy. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to make sure she could have a taste. But you can use maple syrup or honey. Um, I actually really like, depending on what it is, I like maple syrup as a sweetener oftentimes better. Me too. It has less of a distinct yeah, like it's flavor. more versatile, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then we used coconut sugar for like the little blueberry <clears throat> jam thing yeah. that I made. Oh my god! And then you I guys need to go look at this because now I want it's yeah. like it's ten a.m. here and I want ice cream. It's so good. <laughs> Anyways, I could talk about ice cream all day, but I guess we could jump into the podcast. Yeah, talk about the podcast. Oh man! So. And Laura kind of prefaced it a little bit, um, but today we're going to be talking about finding your tribe. What does that mean? Um, what does it mean to us? What does it mean to most people? And then also kind of talking about asking for asking for support from those those people around you, your friends and family. Um, and then also kind of the reverse of that, which is asking for space when you need it, which can sometimes I feel be harder mm-hmm. than actually asking for support. Um, because, you know, as most people were so sensitive to other people's feelings that we don't want to have those conversations, um, mm-hmm. but they can be definitely necessary. And it's so great. We get to talk about a lot of this stuff as Laura's like going through this. <laughs> so for me, in the heat of it. yeah, for me, a lot of this is like, okay, in hindsight, like, how did I do that? And I'm still in that like first year postpartum with Camille. Mm-hmm. Um, phase, but it's not as fresh. So I love getting like the fresh perspective from Laura. So very yeah. fresh. <laughs> and, and I had no idea what I was going to be like going into it, which is super interesting. But um, yeah, I'm excited to dive into this stuff because I think having a tribe um, and kind of, we'll, def- we'll kind of talk about what we mean by that, but it's been so essential for this postpartum period for me um, and not knock on wood, like so far not having any sort of baby blue experience, baby blues experience or any like dips in my mood, um, and just feeling super supportive and super loved. But then also through having people having feeling like I have my tribe, I also feel, I think when you find the right people to support you, they also totally get it when you say, Hey, I'm out. Like I need to leave or I need you to leave or I need my baby back or whatever it is. It's like, there's no, no one gets, they don't get offended. Um, when you also ask for space. So that's been really cool. Um, and you know, seeing people step up, um, or seeing kind of who maybe, um, I don't want to say disappears, but some people just take like a back, a step back because maybe they aren't ready wherever they are in their life. And I don't take it personally, but wherever they are in their life, they're not at a place where maybe they're ready to support someone else because maybe they still need to be supported in some way or whatever the case may be. So it's been really cool to just kind of see this, go through this experience and see who's there, who's not, who's my tribe, who's, um, and, and me having been kind of like a type A, I, I super independent, I can do everything on my own, realizing like how much I did, I do need support. Um, and how much I also need support through space, if that makes sense. So, um, it's been a really cool experience. And I think, um, it just, it's now it's really awesome to see like who our family, our tribe is, and then moving forward, having those people there as an extended family or a tribe to, Evie, because you know, there's the whole, like it takes a village concept and I believe in that full, like full heartedly. So I guess we should start by talking about what each of us believe a tribe is. So what do you think of when you, when you hear that word? So to me, tribe is 
it's more than just like friends or acquaintances. To me, it's like a group of people that get you. Mm-hmm. And when I say like get you, I mean, I don't know. It's not even that you have to talk constantly. It's like I, I have some people that I would consider my best friends that we can go weeks or months without talking. And if I pick up the phone and call them or text them or say, hey, can we meet? They're like, yes, like, let's meet. Let's kind of jump back in. And it's like we have always, you know, it's not, it's not like we have not been talking for a long time. It's like mm-hmm. we just jump right back into it. Um, for me, for the longest time, I always thought, you know, I, I don't have anybody in my life that has known me for forever. Um, you know, back in the day have seen me evolved. Like I honestly haven't kept a a lot of my high school friends. Um, but I, and I thought that was something that was lacking, but at the same time, as I move forward as an adult and through kind of my two postpartum experiences, I realize it's less about finding people that knew you before, but finding people that know you now who get you, um, and support you no matter what. Um, I'm kind of rambling about that, but you know, you have friends and you have people you can go out and have fun with, but then you have yeah. that, those people that will just be there for you. Um, yeah. And just because someone's not in your tribe doesn't mean that they, they aren't a friend. Right. Exactly. To me, it's different. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where you found most of your quote unquote tribe. Um, mm-hmm. but for us, it's like through our church, through our gym, um, it's, it's sharing mm-hmm. a lot of similar interests not saying that you all have to agree on everything um, because that's what makes friendships interesting to me. I feel like yeah. is when you have some like discourse and you can talk about things um, without but judgment, without judgment. exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's a lot of our tribe. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. I was going to say that's kind of what my initial thoughts are. Yeah. For, um, for us, it's the same thing. I think I, it's been a really cool to see our, you know, we moved back to Santa, we moved to Santa Cruz in September and, um, having known a lot of people already ahead of time, but then it's been really amazing to see, like, especially our CrossFit gym, how people have just stepped up and been so wonderful to us and so supportive. And then also we have a lot of really good friends with little ones. And I think people who've re- recently been through it, like you've been for me too, um, who've recently been through it are so supportive because they know they were just there and they had people help them and reach out to them. And so they want to then be that for somebody else, because once you go through it, then you realize how important it is. Um, so, and then the big thing about that is every parent has a little bit of a different style or they find something that works well for them. And so I know that it's like a true friend or a true tribe member, I guess, when you have good, like amazing people who step up to come and support you and help you, whether it's just like through text messages or phone calls or bringing food or whatever. And maybe they did things a little bit different, but you can tell them like what you're going through and how you're dealing with it and how you're parenting or whatever. And they will just look at you with genuine, like awesome, you know, not like no judgment, no, well, this is how I did it and this is better or whatever. And I think that's the hugest thing is coming. It's, your tribe isn't going to judge you. Mm-hmm. They're just going to support you and be there for you and what, with whatever you, it is that you need. Um, offer advice when solicited, but not tell you that you're never tell you you're doing things wrong. Right. Um, I think that's really huge. But yeah, so having a meal train has been incredible and and people signing up for that has been so huge for us. Um, and then also like immediate family, we'll get more into this kind of with the support and space thing. But I think sometimes immediate family versus friends thinks almost that they have a right or that like they're, they're entitled in some way to be as much a part of that baby's life as they want. When the reality is, is that it's 
like as soon as you, especially a first child, I feel like as soon as you have that first baby, your family unit is now your family and you know, brothers and sisters and moms and dads, they are now extended family. And that's just the reality of it. And so, but that, those people, those ex- now extended family is still your tribe very much as long as they, they kind of fit what you need at the time. Um, so it's been really cool to see them step up to the plate in a beautiful balance most of the time of like support, but then also space. So um, that's been really neat as well. So yeah, I don't think there's any one way to define what that is, but it's just people who are there for you um, in whatever capacity you need them to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Willing to take a step back if needed, willing to totally be there as much as possible when needed as well. And also one thing that's huge for me is just sometimes just presence of having someone there hanging out or whatever without needing to engage them or or like entertain them or whatever. Like you can just, my sister and her boyfriend will just come over and hang out and she'll like work from our back table. Um, cause she works remotely and just having them here sometimes is really nice, mm-hmm. but then they don't need to be entertained. Like I don't feel like I'm entertaining anyone. They're just here. And it's like, it's just some normalcy and some, some, you know, company without, we could go an hour and not say a word. And it's kind of just comforting in a way. Yeah. So that I think is also neat is just figuring out people who are able to kind of figure out without you having to tell them what you need and do that for you. Absolutely. And that's a, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's family. So when I say I don't have people that like know me from the beginning, my sister is my, she is my best friend. Um, Mm -hmm. she's seven years younger than me, but we're super close. And I totally agree with what you're saying. Like I, my family can come over my mom included. She's a little, Mm. she, she has a tendency to be, she's type A. Um, and so when, we, when I was first postpartum, I was always nervous about that dynamic um, mm. because I, we have a tendency to kind of like heighten each other's like anxiety when we're around each other. And I was expecting it to be not so great, but she came over with both of my kids and was literally a lifesaver. Um, so just cool. was there, you know, would do the dishes Would she would you know, fold the laundry. She would ask us if we need anything. She would sit with us. And I didn't feel like I have to, um, entertain her. Like you said, and the same with my sister. Like if my sister ever would come over, it's like, we can sit there and quiet and watch TV or talk or not talk. Um, mm-hmm. and that, I feel like that's such a beautiful thing. And I don't know, I'm sure you probably have friends that you could probably do that with. But for me, no matter how close I was with a friend, it's, you know, it's not the same as it was with my family and that they've literally seen me naked, you know, running yeah. around like in my worst, you know, just yeah. the worst, my worst possible ways they've seen me. So it's like, okay, if a boob's hanging out, I don't care. <laughs> so that's just my take, but yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I do, I've got a handful of friends that are that way too. Yeah. Um, and I feel very fortunate to have that and that they can just come over. Like you can talk, not talk, whatever boobs out, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, and that's, that's cool yeah. being able to, and sharing, feeling so open, like sharing my experience and my, whatever's going on. So, um, it's, it's, it sucks because we live so far apart because I feel like you could come over and we could do that, Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. So, yeah. and that's another thing is your tribe doesn't have to be local. Um, especially like I found you and then like my birth fit community, um, those the other regional directors where some of them I've actually, only met once or, or some of them I've only met through social media. Like with you, we've never actually met in person, Mm -hmm. but, um, those have been some of the greatest support systems for me because I can text or whatever at any time and get feedback immediately. Uh, You guys have like really recent experience and you're very knowledgeable and all that. And so 
Um, it doesn't have to be in-person support. You can find tribes um, through other communities. So through birth, something like birth fit or mm-hmm. just through social media. If you, if you follow, like it's the beauty of Instagram, you, you find a hashtag or something right. and then you go and you start, you fall into that hole where you're like looking at all these photos and then you find someone that resonates with you with a message they're putting into the world. You can reset, reach out and oftentimes you'll get a response and you'll have then support from that person who's going through something so similar. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great place to find people, um, is through social media. It can be, obviously social media can be very, it can be toxic, but it can oh, yeah. be incredibly beautiful too. It's just a matter of how you, you interact with it. I think. Absolutely. Um, so. And I, I, I know you're part of, um, Liz Wolf's online parenting um, oh, that's group. Huge. huge. That was something I utilized so heavily in the first days when I was kind of like unsure first days, weeks, months when I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like she, she burped weird or like, even though I'd already been through it, it's like, okay, what's normal. You kind of like forget. Um, but again, like that community was great. A lot of like-minded people. I had to eventually though, take a step back from, um, really Facebook in general. So it wasn't that I wanted to get a like break from that parenting group or anything. It was more like I got so into it that I couldn't, I like, I couldn't trust my own instincts, you know, to a point it was like, yeah. I think this, but I'm going to check with so-and-so and make first. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And make sure. And it was like, okay. When really they don't know any better than you yeah. do. It's like, ultimately. yeah. And, and this is my baby. I mean, I know her and, mm-hmm. and him, my, my son more than anybody else on this earth. Like, what does right. my gut tell me? Like, why don't I ask myself first before I go to mm-hmm. somebody else? Um, we're kind of getting off a little tangent here, but I guess that's how social media can be kind of like a negative thing. If that's what you become, if you start feeling like um, inadequate in any way. Yes. And that's, and that happens with even the most well-intentioned people. Um, you know, you have a lot of those, those mamas are super holistic and amazing and they, you know, eat paleo and all this stuff, but it's kind of hard, especially because if you're not, Perfect, which I'm not perfect by any means. Nobody is, though. Even people who come across as perfect <laughs> in a parenting group are not perfect. <laughs> I know, but online, it's like people just feel like they can do and say whatever they want to say because it's like anonymous, quote unquote. Um, yeah. But it's like that's where it just kind of like, ugh. Yeah. It's like that group, I, I've been very impressed. At least the, the posts that I've clicked on have been, for the most part, pretty. Um, pretty civil empathetic yeah. and not very judgy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's, there's certain topics that no matter what are super polarizing, like, like vaccines, for instance, we won't get into it, but yeah. so people just sometimes some topics, people get ugly oh, fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I just, I don't, I don't see, um, that's something that I never engage in because yeah. no matter how passionately I feel about it, you're talking to someone behind a screen and you, you know, it's really hard to find empathy when there's a screen in between. And so I go, you know, groups like that. If you don't know these people personally, like I have a birth fit tribe group and that's mm-hmm. their other regional directors. And we can say anything in there. And I know these people, I know their faces without the screens and, and that's great. But something this, the, the Liz's group is phenomenal, but there's, there's, thousands and thousands of mm-hmm. parents in there. And so it can be hard sometimes. And it's like, yeah. who's going to see my posts or whatever. And mm-hmm. I, we'll, we'll link to this group cause it's really phenomenal. Um, I think they're still accepting members, but, um, yeah, especially online, you can take, take, take it and leave it. Both yeah. those things, yeah. take what works for you, leave what doesn't. And if you're starting to feel judged or inadequate, then that's when it's time to sign off yeah. or go a different direction or whatever it is. Because 
whatever it, your tribe should never make you feel like you are less than in any way. Mm-hmm. It should be the total opposite. It should be building you up. So building yeah. your confidence, supporting you, giving you answers when you ask for them, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, so social media is a blessing and a curse sometimes. And you just got to stay in tune with how you're feeling. And if you're feeling, if you're engaged and you're feeling worse off, then get the hell out of there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I mean, I did that for sure. I definitely stepped away from Facebook and we've talked about that, um, yeah. a little bit, but, um, yeah. And one thing to say to what you were saying is it's like those people that are like coming at you, say you have difference of opinions and vaccine or something. And they're like angrily all caps typing at you. Like, right. You know, the, the honest truth is in, from both situations, if you're that person, if you're the one who's like, Oh my God, I can't believe they won't see it my way. The right. truth is you're not going to convince them by attacking them. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's never going to happen. And never, no one's ever going to say, you know, I'm so glad she yelled at me over Facebook. I'm going to change Not my that. mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am going to change my mind. It's Ooh. like wall up. Someone yells at you. It's like defensive. Um, you're never going to change. Yeah. And if we're in a group like that, right, if you're engaged in a group, a parenting group on Facebook, you without a doubt love your child. Mm-hmm. If you're spending that energy and that time to look into this group and to find answers, then like you are a good parent. Mm-hmm. And so for anyone to make you feel like you are less than a good parent, they're not worth the energy or reading their response or whatever it is. So especially in such a sensitive time as postpartum, like you should only be seeking out answers and, and, um, support from people who are going to lift you up. Not, and that goes for life in general, especially, I think a lot of our listeners, not all of you, but a lot of you are women and you know, things are just kind of harder for us in general. And I'm not, I'm not a martyr. I'm not like, woe is me, but, um, we can use tribes in every, every area of our life, whether we're trying to conceive or not, whether we're pregnant or not, whether we're postpartum or not. So always trying to find a tribe of people, men and women who are going to lift you up and not, and that's what this whole, like, you know, parenthood and, and pregnancy and all that, like we are, we have this podcast because we want to create a safe space and a tribe in and of itself for women to raise each other up and whatever, wherever you are in this journey. And so, um, that's where finding a tribe is so important is that we want to continually lift each other up and not tear each other down Mm -hmm. and not judge each other. Um, because we're all doing the best we can, you know? And so we need to support each other through that. And so I think that that's where finding your tribe, even like finding a tribe and getting surrounding yourself with people who lift you up before you even get pregnant is huge because pregnancy is tough. And that's the, when I remember like the very beginning, people start telling me, what my experience is going to be like, what I should and shouldn't be doing. They want to touch my stomach. They want to, and all of a sudden I've lost my identity and now I'm a pregnant woman and everyone wants to tell me what they think. And so finding people, those people are going to come out of the woodworks no matter what, but finding people ahead of time who will support you and not judge you and see you for you, even when you have a growing belly, that's huge in, in keeping a solid mindset through pregnancy. And then that's huge in labor and delivery and your, whatever decisions you make. And then postpartum. Um, so Finding a tribe is really, really huge. It is. Yeah. So on that note, because I'm kind of in the, I, I moved, we talked a little bit about this prior to the recording. I moved, I think Camille was like two or three weeks. So I moved from a community that we had just really started to kind of like plant ourselves in. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have, especially one friend, my friend Holly, who is just amazing. Um, We were super close, have kiddos pretty much the same age. Um, and so I, we moved for job stuff, um, right after she was born. And so I'm still, and then postpartum, it's like, it's really not the best time to go out like 
searching for your tribe because you're Oh, I mean, you don't have time. Like, it's not like you're like taking group fitness classes and like, you know, right. hanging with your girlfriends. It's like, you're trying to keep a, a child alive for the most mm-hmm. part, um, or multiple children in my case. And so, yeah. And take care of yourself. Yes. And learn a new job and yeah, just crazy stuff. Um, so let's talk about ways to locate a tribe and I have ideas and things that I'm going to start implementing now, because honestly, I just have gotten to the point. She's almost a year old. Um, you know, my son's in a school there where I feel like I can find like parents here that might yeah. be cool. Um, so let's talk about some different ways you can find a tribe. Like if you're just starting to look for one, what, what are some of your suggestions, Laura, for me yeah. and all of our listeners? <laughs> I think finding, I mean, I'm obviously, I might be biased, but I've had nothing but amazing experiences. Like our best friends all come from CrossFit gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, we started at, at NorCal CrossFit, now NC Fit in San Jose. Um, and then now we're at CrossFit Santa Cruz in Santa Cruz. And, uh, um, I have, it's amazing the friendships that have developed. Like if you look at our wedding photos, my, except for family, I have two cousins and my sister and then all my, the rest of our party, it was like all of our, you know, best CrossFit friends and, and it doesn't have to be CrossFit, but finding, I think if you find a community of people who are like-minded and who are passionate about taking care of themselves. So if you're really into yoga, like find a cool yoga class that you really jive with the people in it a CrossFit class. If you're into orange theory, I don't really know what that is, but <laughs> whatever it is, like soul bar or, you know, whatever, soul whatever, cycle, whatever's hot right know, now, all the, things, right? <laughs> um, the thing about, about some workout classes is that sometimes you show up, there's an instructor in the front of the class, you do your thing and you leave. Um, it's not as interactive. Um, CrossFit is super interactive, but you know, whatever it is, I think finding a fitness outlet that you love. And, and that can be, obviously if you're two weeks postpartum, you're not going to the gym. I hope no judgment, but I hope <laughs> um, no judgment, but that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Physically. Unless you're just going to like mobilize and right, do breath. Right. And if you're going to like a, you know, if you, if you, um, and that's another one birth fit, if you can find a local birth fit regional director who's running a postpartum series, I cannot recommend that enough because you're meeting then other moms who are in a very similar stage as you recently postpartum or even like a year out, whatever postpartum in some capacity, they have babies. You they can relate to you. They can offer um, support. You can give them support. It's so nice to have that mutual. I've got two really good friends locally who we all had babies within a week of each other. Um, and so it's, we didn't sign up for each other's meal trains necessarily, but we've been so there for each other in terms of just like texting or like meeting for coffee or, you know what I mean? So that's been really huge. So if you can find moms who are, whether that's like, a birth fit postpartum series or like a yoga class, like a mommy and me yoga class, those things exist. Or even maybe like a breastfeeding support group Mm -hmm. or things where you're going to find moms who are in a similar situation, um, with little ones and you can support each other. That's pretty cool. Um, so those are some things. What do you think? No, I was going to say that's, that's such an amazing idea that you brought up. Um, when Camille was born, she had multiple, um, ties. So she had a Oh, tongue tie, lip tie, and I guess buccal ties is what they're called. I had never heard of him before, but I she was severely restricted. And so, um, oh. she had to get like laser surgery just a few weeks after she was born because our breastfeeding experience was kind of crazy. Um, anyways, I started going to this like free lactation support thing every Friday and I went until I went back to work, which made it obviously hard to, to go to. Um, but I found some really cool moms there. And now looking back, I kind of wish I would have, it's so hard. It's like, 
hey, like, what do you say to another mom? It's, do you want to be friends? Yeah, do you want to be friends with me? <laughs> I think you're cool. I'm kind of like, hey, do you want to get coffee? Or yeah. hey, especially like a lot of postpartum moms, this is a big thing I've done, um, is like, let's go for a walk. Mm-hmm. I made a really good friend because we shared a chiropractor, a prenatal chiropractor, and she was always the appointment right after mine. So we'd pass each other in switching, you know, when I was done and mm-hmm. she'd start. And so we first actually had a chance to really connect when we were like, Hey, let's go for a walk next week on Tuesday after your appointment. Um, walking is great. Coffee dates are great, but yeah, it can be awkward as an adult. Like, you know, just like it was in high school. Yeah. But how do you, <laughs> You try so, to make I know. And it's so funny because I look at my son, he's, he's almost four and he'll just, you know, we're at the pool the other day and he saw this little girl with a super, super woman or a Superman bathing suit on. And I could tell he was just like, Oh mommy, look at mama, look at like her. She's, cool, bathing yeah. suit. She's so cool. And he kept, he was like kind of creeping. Like he would go swim by, by her and like, oh, I can't <laughs> wait to meet this kid. <laughs> he's the best. But oh. I, finally, I was like, but he just go up and talk to her. Like go say, Hey, I like your swimsuit. And he was like, okay. So he swam over there and he was like, I like your swimsuit. And she was like, we need permission to do something like that. Just like kids do. Yeah. I know. But it was, I mean, but right away they like started playing and it was like no big deal. But for us, it's like, like, I kind of like swimming by the mom. We're kind of like chuckling about our kids and stuff. And it's like, why didn't I just talk to her? Like, obviously our kids liked each other. They were similar ages and they could have a future play date. Yeah. Her little girl was super awesome. She had a super Superman swimsuit on, which is amazing. Um, And what's the worst that could happen, right? There's a stranger. And if she's, if she ends up being, excuse my French, but maybe like, I won't say the word because we're not explicit here, but she ends up being less than nice. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then she probably has something going on in her life where she's not ready to make a new friend. You know what I mean? And so that's what she needs right now is just to keep to herself and that's fine. So then it's a friendship that didn't blossom, but you also didn't, you didn't really lose much in the process. I think the biggest thing that we can do is like, um, think about when someone, if someone's going to not engage with you, it's like, that's not you. It's Mm -hmm. them. It's the whole, like, it's not me. It's not you. It's me thing. You know, it's like, they're not ready to open a space for you as a friend. And that's not anything you did wrong or we did wrong. It's just like, this is just the way that it is. So I think the, it's hard postpartum too. You already have like, we've got emotions that are all over the place and you're already feeling like it's, it's really easy to feel less than when you're, when you're postpartum because you've got all this change and you're like, am I even doing this right? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, also, do I want to make a new friend who might judge me at this stage or whatever it is? But I think it's pretty powerful to be able to just walk up to someone and be like, Hey, yeah, (laughs) it's all, it's always about, you know, being vulnerable. And I think that's really hard for a lot of people. It's like, if I put myself out there and they're like, no, it's, it's hard. I mean, that's hard for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why doesn't she like me? It's, it's like, What's wrong you, with it? Yeah, you still feel that way even when you're not in high school or middle school or whatever. Um, you know, you carry all yeah. that baggage with you going into adulthood. But again, totally. like, what's the worst, worst that could happen? You know, mm-hmm. she says, sorry, no, I'm busy. Most of the time that's not going to happen. But, right. you know, it's hard. And if it does, then then you miss, you dodge a bullet. Maybe it's not someone who's going to raise you up. They probably need more support than you do at the time. So I guess you can support them by just giving them space, which is what we're going to talk about later too. (laughs) Sometimes space is key, but yeah, I think I'm glad you talked about that because I think that's, um, really huge. And that sometimes you have to, we've got to tribe's not just going to show up. Mm-hmm. You have to be vulnerable and put yourself in that space to know if someone's going to be able to step up to the plate and support you the way that you need it. Right. 
and sometimes that's not going to end great and that's, yeah. but that's also okay, you know? Yeah. And so, and more to like, so that's just got me thinking. Cause at first when I'm going into this, I was like, there's nobody, there's no way for me to meet people. But I'm like, okay, I go to the pool. The pool yeah. is in our geographical vicinity. So these mm-hmm. people, so number one location, so you're looking for people that are close to you, obviously. So look at the things that you do every day. So we go to the pool every weekend. There's moms there all the time. I talk to a lot of moms there. It's like, I, I just have never, pool. oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> um, I have just never taken the next step as far as like asking for their number, um, yeah. which is kind of weird. Cause like, I never thought about how nervous that would be for like guys to go up and ask somebody for their number or something, but it's kind of the same. Yeah, I guess a little bit for moms making friends, but so things that you do with your family, like the pool, our son is in a amazing, we got super lucky. He's in a a Montessori school. um, I hope we can get into ours. She, this school is amazing. And we like literally got super lucky when we got him in there. Um, And so a lot of those parents I know share kind of the same, I don't know, I guess probably parenting concepts. Obviously we're all super different, but I can probably be confident that we can find some common yeah. ground. Oh yeah. Um, so your, your kiddos schools, daycares, um, obviously like Laura said, the activities that you do, um, I'm trying to think again, outside of, of that, like coffee shops. I mean, just like whenever you see a mom, <laughs> and I don't know if you have experienced this yet, Laura, but it's like, you're out and about in public Maybe Target, because I used to do a lot of, like, Target walking when the little ones were young, like, put them in the sling and walk around. But it's like, you, like, get it. You see another mom who's struggling, or maybe Uh, they're, like, rocking it that day and their kids are well-behaved. Ooh, hi, baby. Um, And you just, like, make eye contact, and you're like, I get it. I know. And it's like, why don't you just stop and ask her, like, how you're doing? Or tell her, like, hey, you're doing an awesome job. Like, yes, you got your ish together today. Uh-huh. today. Bertha came out with these. I totally forgot I need to hand them out, but at the coaches seminar, they gave us a bunch of like, almost like business cards, but instead of like my information on there, it's just like, Hey, it's basically a note that says, Hey, you're rocking. Ah! Yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. I love oh, that. Evie. She is. <laughs> oh, hi, baby. Um, but yeah, lots of ways to, I feel like to meet people. It's just a matter of like, I think it's what it comes down to is like you will meet people and make friends if you, you have to be vulnerable though. Mm-hmm. Like you have to put yourself out there. And that's hard. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we've talked a lot about all the things we want to talk about, about finding your tribe. Um, let's talk about asking for support. Um, from your tribe, friends and family. Yes. Um, let's, so starting with like preconception, I've been, I've been so far removed from that. Hi baby girl. Um, so far removed from the preconception phase. I feel like my, my brain is kind of crazy. I know Laura, you've been there kind of recently. Um, but as far as asking for support, preconception, what are some things, you know, you felt were super, imperative did you even need support preconception like when you're thinking about becoming pregnant or you know in the trying phase yeah for me it was you know I went through five six years uh with no period and I can't remember I think I talked about this in our earlier in our like beginning podcast and so for me it was not so much you know I (laughs) I honestly like I reached out I, I garnered a lot from 
Liz Wolf. And I, I told her that, and you'll hear more about that when we interview her, but, um, and through people who just had a lot of information to share. So for me, I think support came in two ways. It came from people who I was able to, to listen to and learn from and, and finding ways to bring back my period. And I, I was hell bent that I needed to do it naturally because that's what I wanted for, for me. I, I, I had some distrust of, I just didn't want to do it with medicine basically with prescription. So I wanted to, cause I, you know, I'd go see a regular Western medicine doctor and they'd say, all your blood work looks great, but we can give you this, this, and this to help to jumpstart it. And I just, I, for me, it was like, I needed to do it naturally because I wanted to make sure I got to the root of the issue. Um, I thought that'd be the best way to conceive. So support came in two ways, help, finding people who could help me um, through information and then also being able to vocalize it. So I need to be able to talk about what was going on, um, without feeling judged or without just to kind of like get it off my chest. And so I was very vocal about my situation. Um, and that just, that's how kind of how I roll. I like to share and I feel supported through people who will just listen. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, and then also like letting people know, Hey, we're trying and, and, that can come, you know, some people don't want to talk about it and they feel almost ashamed or whatever it is. So then they're going to find support preconception through their tribe by people not asking mm-hmm. and not talking about it and not, and just treating them as if, as they always have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then others like myself want to talk about it and want people to listen. Um, and so it's just a matter of like your tribe will know what you need. Sometimes you have to tell them mm-hmm. and then they'll do that. So that's kind of what it was for me preconception and like being excited about trying and telling people I'm peeing on sticks and letting people know how it's going. It's not something I was sharing with every stranger, or every person in my gym, but it was, you know, the people that I, that I knew were cared. Mm-hmm. I could share that with them. And then being able to text like two of my best friends, right. When we got the pretty, um, unclear test of like the very, 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 very faint line. And then two of my good friends are kind of polar opposites and that one's kind of like a realist. And, and so I sent her a picture of it and she's like, yeah, it looks like a good sign, but like wait four days and then test again. And my other friend sent like all the letters, you know, just like <laughs> da, 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 with like a bunch of emojis, emojis. <laughs> like, you're totally pregnant. So it's nice to have that like yeah. the two sides and then retaking the test and having it be positive. And, and so for me, like, that's what I needed preconception was to be able to share my experience with people. Um, and I think that, you know, really helped in, yeah. in getting things going. So what about you? So I just totally like forgot about one super important um, online community that I was a part of before even Bear was born. Um, I am I'm an over-preparer, and I, I find out a lot about just, like, reading other people's experiences and all of that good stuff, which, again, we talked about can be a good and a bad thing. But I joined this um, site called Two Week Wait. And, um, yeah, it's crazy. It's a huge site. Like, I mean, millions of people belong to it, but basically you, you can ask anything from preconception, you know, fertility issues. You can pee on a stick, put up a picture and ask people to like, tell you if they see something. (laughs) Am Um, I pregnant? Yeah. Am I pregnant or not? I'm being crazy, which happened to me several times. Um, but so I became part of that group pretty early on and, after you become pregnant, you can join, um, they call them due date groups. And I think a lot of different sites have, have this sort of support option, but Mm -hmm. it's basically like a group of mamas who they're due all the same month. Um, and you kind of just like do your whole pregnancy with them and it's closed. Like you have to be part of the group. You can't just like be a lurker and like, yeah, it's like for privacy or whatever. Um, and so that was huge for me preconception and through pregnancy and then also even postpartum. So like we created our own Facebook group online 
fun. So it was just us. And so we got to share pictures of our little ones and I utilized them literally at like 3 a.m. If something was going on, I was like, I need someone to help me. So we would post on there. And those women, I still, I mean, keep in contact with them, check in with them, even though I'm really not on Facebook. Um, Throughout my second pregnancy too, um, you know, getting perspective from mamas who've already had multiple kiddos was huge. Um, And then again, you know, that was huge for me. Um, (laughs) I love hearing the little baby noises. Um, I'm losing my train of thought too because I'm like, Engrossed. Um, Stop cooing. You're distracting Jess. (laughs) Baby fever is real. Um, So, yeah. So, anyways, I felt like I could talk with them a lot more than some of the people in my actual real life. Um, And it's it's mostly because, you know, I had some people in my real life that were struggling with fertility. um, And I was trying to be respectful of that. And I never thought about that really before. you know, I wasn't sensitive to that. And then I had, you know, my own struggles with miscarriage between the two of my little ones and stuff. And I really like started to, um, realize that that can be a very real and painful thing for people who are going through. I mean, you just don't know what people are going through. Um, and so for instance, if you're asking for support from somebody and they're not able to give it to you, but they don't really feel comfortable even telling you why, you know, they could be just, it could be very painful then for them to talk mm-hmm. about it. So that's something to consider. I know that's not really what we're talking about. Right but it is now, kind but... of, cause we talked about how like sometimes people who you might expect to like be, um, be there for you. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they aren't, it's like, because they, it's not because they don't care. It's because they're not in a place where they can be. Right. Right. So absolutely. So yeah, preconception, um, and then pregnancy, you know, what, what was your, again, I'm deferring to, to Laura on a lot of these things because she's so just fresh. literally fresh. Um, but so what were some of the things you really needed during pregnancy, um, support, support wise? I needed, it was twofold again. I needed people to still see me for me. Mm-hmm. So I have, you know, good friends that like I, we could go out and whatever and talk about things besides pregnancy. Um, but then I also needed people to get it that when I was like, super pregnant and uncomfortable and (laughs) frustrated or super happy or emotional or whatever. So like be able to people who could go switch back and forth between seeing me for just me and seeing me for like being pregnant and when I needed to vent or whatever, um, having Mm -hmm. both of those. Um, and then people who would just kind of (laughs) dogs just ran in, um, (laughs) who could also support me. And then I had some people who were very close to my life who um, ended up losing babies very, very late term, whether it was like stillbirth or immediately after or whatever. And so I need to be able to vocalize my concerns about that and be reassured. I needed that reassurance all through pregnancy. Honestly, it wasn't until I went into labor where I was like, this baby is coming and she's going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. But through pregnancy, I had a lot of fear. So people, I needed people to reassure me and make me feel, um, that this was all going to work out and I was going to get to meet this little one. So that was huge for me. Yeah. How about you? For me, again, it's been, it feels like forever. Um, Bear is almost four years old. So it's about five years ago when I was pregnant with him for the first time, I think I was blissfully unaware. And it's like almost a good thing. Probably. I just skated through that first pregnancy, deliriously happy and not really knowing what I needed. Cause I'd never really 
been through it before, but um, and I really had no real big physical issues during that pregnancy. Um, you know, it was really postpartum that I, I realized I needed a lot of support. But the second pregnancy, I reached out a lot to experienced moms, like moms who had two or more kids, because that was a super big fear and worry for me. Like, I have this little boy. He's my world. I love him so much. And I, you know, I, everyone, I, I want to say everyone, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people go through their second pregnancy and they're like, am I ever going to love the second one as much as I love the first one? Is he going to be upset when, you know, his sister's here? Like, am I going to be able to do this with both and give them everything that they need? That's a very real like anxiety or it was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I reached out to a lot of mamas that had been there, done that. And everyone was so reassuring and just basically saying like, your heart grows as, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Infinitely. not like you have this amount of love to give and that's all you have. It's like, it expands like the second you see that little one, the, the, the new little one. And then it also expands even more when you see the two of them, brother and sister, siblings together. Oh my gosh. I'm excited for that. The best. Not yet. It's not anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was like super worried out cause bear, our, my son, he's, a, he was a mama's boy through and through. And I was just afraid he was going to be kind of aggressive. And I was putting all these fears. Yeah. Like putting all these fears onto him and projecting that. And he was just like, he still is amazing with her. I mean, he's a little rough, but I mean, he's four and he's not doing it on purpose. He's trying to play no. with her. Yeah. Um, but she gives it right back to him now anyway. So it's, it's like, yes. It's so cute. Um, so anyways, <laughs> for me, it was seeking out experienced mamas. Um, during the phase where I was like really ill, um, that first trimester, a lot of support was from my spouse, from Tim. I just, mm-hmm. I mean... <laughs> We're totally relying on him to keep me alive and our son alive. Because there were days where it's like, I'm sorry, I have to stay in the bathroom. I cannot get up. I need to lay here. You have got to figure this out. I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry. Um, And so that support from him was just crucial. I don't, I mean, I, I could not do it without him for sure. I almost feel like in that regard, like our spouses is something we haven't talked about, but they are without a doubt, like that's the the leader of our tribe. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I almost feel like the fact that I was so sick and needed to rely on him so much actually helped him to be more um, connected to Evie when she got here because he felt like he was so and kind of engaged in the process in supporting me while I grew her. Um, and I think that actually in a weird way, there's like a silver lining of being so sick is that he was able to be a part of that process. And he was very in tune and empathetic to what I was going through. Um, and so then like, you know, throughout the whole pre like taking care of me in some capacity, like towards the end, we were doing a lot of spinning baby stuff, which requires the partner support. And so, um, him being so present and so participatory in that again, helped him to really feel like he was a part of the process versus just like an outsider observing the pregnancy. He was a part of the pregnancy mm-hmm. and then a part of like, he was my support system through labor and delivery. And then he was my support system postpartum. And so he's so much a part of her coming into the world. I thought that was pretty cool. Absolutely. I love that. You said like, they are the leader of our tribe. It's, Mm -hmm. and I feel, and I, I hate like from the outside looking in. it's like, but you can see, I don't want to, again, no judgment, but it's like, you can see like, you know, spouses where maybe the partner isn't as mm-hmm. supportive or, um, isn't as present. Um, and I just feel so deeply, like I just, 
I'm sad. Like I'm sad for it when I see it or when you can kind of recognize it from a distance. Again, you don't know anybody's story or like what they're going through, but it's like, I can't imagine Mm -mm. not. And I would say some, some advice, I guess it's unsolicited, but this isn't always the case, but sometimes I think, um, they, sometimes the spouse or partner feels potentially like they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Maybe they want to be involved, but they, the wife is like miserable and doesn't really connect or communicate what she needs. So just sometimes just asking, like, I know he actually appreciated it when I'd be like, Hey, can you do this for me? Mm -hmm. I need you in this aspect or in this regard. And so helping them to be a part of the process by just requesting stuff from them (laughs) in a way they kind of can appreciate that because they feel like they can help. And sometimes they don't know how. So saying, Hey, like I need you more than I've needed anyone at this time. And it's almost like giving them a way to be a part of it. Like, can you make me toast and scrambled eggs four times a day for 10, for five weeks? That's what I need from you. you (laughs) It's so funny that you say that because it's like, as women, so like, for example, like I will go around the house and say, oh man, the trash is getting super full. Mm-hmm. The trash is getting super full. Mm-hmm. The and passive then, stuff. Yeah, but my, my husband was just like oblivious. And I'm like, dude, I've been telling you the trash is super full for like weeks. And he's like, right. why don't you just ask me to take it out? I'm like, you should know what I am. <laughs> I'm working on that too. I know. Just me being too. direct about it, which is huge. And, and, is. People, and they appreciate that. And then it doesn't become building up in this animosity in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when they didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, Um, so I know we're going to try and finish this up here. Gosh, we all, this always happens to us. So we have like tons of information to share and then we never, we kind of over talk, I guess. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this. We did have one reader reach out to us and sent us like the nicest email and I pretty much cried. Yeah. Um, it was like the first time anyone had given us like their feedback directly like that. And it was just amazing. So hopefully you guys are enjoying what we're talking about. Um, so kind of moving along some other things that you can ask for, you know, using your tribe is, you know, their shared experiences, things that you guys have both gone through, but also differing experiences because it's like, you don't know what you don't know. And so sometimes getting differing viewpoints can be super help, super helpful. Also hearing people's stories, as long as they weren't telling me in a way that was like, this is what's going to happen to you. So there's, you know, and if someone's giving you that or they're like telling you their story in a way in a tone that's like just wait you know then maybe tell them that you don't have space right now for to listen right Um, or but if they're telling you their story just in like hey this is my story and and I, I I understand where you are and what you're going through then I think that's the kind of thing where if you're open to that it can be helpful I liked hearing those but not everyone does you know yeah. Well, it's like people would try and tell you, like when I would tell people I was having, I was planning on having a natural birth in a birth center, they'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, you're not going to want to do that. You're going to want to get the girl and you're going to, you know, it's going to be so painful. You're not going to be able to handle it. Like you're crazy. That's the kind of stuff that would just really, frankly, piss me off and make me even more like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> you just wait and see. Um, but yeah, just like you said, some people are just sharing their experiences to share and other people are trying to like, I don't know. It's like a judgment when they're sharing it in a way that's like not helpful or supportive. So, um, that's it. That's a huge thing. Also locally, um, support you can get from mamas that are kind of around you is, you know, when you're trying to find care providers, whether that's a midwife an OB-GYN, um, a doula, you know, birth photographer, 
um, having that built-in support system, you can get feedback from them and, you know, it's trustworthy feedback if they're part of your tribe, you know, that they're sharing because they want to support you. Um, older children assistance is another thing. So for us, I know towards the end of pregnancy, I had a bunch of like physical just issues with our second. And so it was really nice one night. Um, our son stayed the night. Actually, I think this was during postpartum. That whole period was kind of like a jumbled mess here. But we were comfortable comfortable enough with our friends um, for for me to stay over there. Tim was not there for a night for some reason. Um, and our little boy had a sleepover with them, and it was just like the best time. And I could not have taken care of Camille and figured out like nursing and my emotions and showered if they hadn't have been there, um, helping with my son who was super active. So that was huge. And again, kind of those third trimester things get a lot more difficult. Um, for some people movement wise, physically, you know, you're dealing with aches and pains, some people, um, that might not have been there early on. And so really that's when, for me at least support, from friends and family became huge during pregnancy. So, yeah, I would agree. And sometimes again, asking for space in pregnancy, like sometimes you, people are like, come out and do this or that or whatever. And I know towards the end for me, like towards the end of the third trimester, the month I'd say before she showed up, I kind of just like got relatively antisocial and I needed to be able to go to the gym and not talk to anyone and for that to be okay, you know? And so, um, you know, people got it, they understood. And I didn't get guff and I didn't lose any friends over it. Um, and so that was nice. And so just where, you know, I think you can get support as we mentioned before through space sometimes when you just need it, that's how people can best support you. And then same thing, like with labor and delivery, a big thing for us was we didn't tell anybody when I went to labor and my mom wanted to be there in the, in the hospital room. And I, I didn't want that. I wanted Rusty and my doula and myself and that's it. Um, and so that was a big thing for us. We needed family to be okay with it because again, we kind of talked about entitlement and feeling like they, they deserve, they want to be a part of it all. Um, and for us that they didn't have that right, I guess, you know, and we needed support from them in them being okay with it. And so I was actually pleasantly surprised. Everyone was fine. And they, we texted when she was here, like two hours after she arrived. And then we got the question like, okay, well, let us know when we can come. Not okay. We're on our way. Yeah. And I needed that. I needed to not feel the pressure. Um, I needed to not have anyone know when I was in labor and have that energy of like the waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we needed and that's what we got and it was phenomenal. And yeah. so being okay with ask, don't feel pressured into letting people into the room with you. If you don't want them there, don't feel pressured into telling people you're in labor. If you don't want them to know it's your experience and, and your tribe will understand that. Um, so that was huge for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're, wise beyond your years on uh-huh. that one. My first one, I like told everybody when we went to the birthing center, like thinking, yeah, he's going to be here soon. And they're all there. And the birthing center, mind yeah. you, it's like a house. And so like, I'm in one room screaming my head off. Yeah. And my parents. Hours. Yeah. For hours. So it ended up being like literally 12 or more hours until the bear was born. And right. then my parents are in the other room And I feel like that was really hard for them. Like my mom has told me, like hearing me in pain and struggling, it was like just I her. I know she was like pacing the room, like wanting to go in there. But like you know, we had already expressed like I I want to do this with just Tim and our doula and our midwife and 
all that stuff. So it was like, they, they respected it and gave us space, but still it was kind of like a crazy different experience. And then with our second, we didn't tell anybody we were just, well, it happened quickly, first of all, but it was like, let's just get there. Let's have our time. And then we'll kind of, you know, text everyone just kind of like, like you did. So for me, it was a learning experience. You've already kind of got that down the first go round. So good for you. <laughs> I mean, I mean that in like a very positive way, not yeah, like good for you, but I'm truly happy. For yeah. You. I've learned a lot from, from my tribe, from the people yeah. in my, in my life who've been through it and who were open to sharing with me. And, and, you know, so I'm so grateful for that because we, I did have the experience that I hoped for. And that was a part of it, not just like a natural birth, but even if it had ended up in a C-section or whatever, mm-hmm. I needed that space. And that was really important for me. And so um, having that, I think, helped the pregnant, the labor and delivery go the way that I wanted it to, and that I wasn't thinking about anybody else except for my partner and this baby moving down mm-hmm. um, to join us. Oh, so that was absolutely. really, really huge. That's huge. I, I'm, and and I, I want to back up and just reiterate, like when I said good for you, it's, it's. I literally every time I hear your story and your postpartum experience, and I when we check in with you, and for like hearing you say like everything's going great, it's like. I am so full of joy for you because... And I can tell that. It's awesome. <laughs> it's like, I just, I'm just so happy for you. I, I, I hope that, I wish that everyone could have the experience that you're having so far. Um, knock on wood. So yeah. um, I just hope, I hope you get that from me. I do. I'm so <laughs> okay. grateful. You, you are a very, you're one of the leaders of my tribe too. <laughs> I'm, I love I'm so it. emotional right now. Um, okay. Oh, so we're on a, a, an hour and four minutes. Do you want to dive into yeah. postpartum support or do you feel, I, I want to say that feel, that's like, wait, what were you going to say? I mean, I was going to say we could probably talk on a whole episode yeah. about postpartum support. Well, we're going to talk actually, um, coming up, we have an episode scheduled for postpartum, like, um, self-care like we did mm-hmm. with pre with pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And so that's something we're really going to dive into in terms of the headspace stuff. Yeah. So I feel like we've touched on it a little bit, a, a good amount in this podcast, kind of in just like, um, our, my story and, yeah. and we've, we've touched on it for sure. And we're going to dive deeper into that in the mindset piece of the postpartum, um, self-care, because I think it's like that in and of itself is just, having a tribe is like the key component of the, of the postpartum mindset piece, I think. So, um, there's going to be a lot more to come on that in terms of like meal trains and visitors and holding your baby. Who's holding your baby. Are you passing her around like all that? And just like feeling supported and we'll dive into that much more. Um, cause that, that time period is just so crucial. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, so we touched a lot about, so we mentioned asking for space. So we've talked a lot about asking for support and then asking for space. Um, I think we kind of dealt with that hand in hand as we went through. Yeah, we did. Um, we totally did. Cause I feel like that's such a big part of support is sometimes getting space. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think this is a good, yeah, this is a good note to wrap it up and we'll obviously continue to touch on this stuff throughout. And if you guys end up with questions regarding, um, tribes or space or support, um, let us know and we can do it. We can do a follow up as well. Absolutely. Um, so that kind of wraps up everything. Um, we're hitting about an hour every episode. I hope that's That's a good, good. a good length for you guys. I know for me, that's about perfection. That's like the sweet spot for podcasts. Yeah, Um, I agree. So anyways, as always, um, find us on iTunes at the Modern Mamas Podcast. Rate us and write a review. Um, hopefully at this point, this is episode seven, you've kind of got your 
kind of know what we're about and know what to expect with us. And so if you like what you're listening to, please share. Um, and then also stay tuned because after this, we're going to launch our, our giveaway. Um, so we'll kind of give you more details about that and what you can yeah. enter. Um, but you can find us on social media. I am just, uh, dot hold the space on Instagram and then hold the space wellness.com on the interwebs <laughs> on the web. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, I'm Laura dot radical roots on Instagram and my radical roots.com on the interwebs. <laughs> you can find us there, direct message us, let us know what you want. Comment on any of these, um, these podcast blog posts on our websites too, with questions, or you can email us at modern mamas podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, stay tuned right. for giveaway details and we will talk to you next week. Looking forward to it. Have a beautiful week. Bye. So we have been hinting at an awesome giveaway for you guys for a few weeks now, and we are so excited to finally launch it. We've teamed up with some of our all-time favorite companies to bring you a chance at some killer prizes. And the best part is that entering is a breeze. With a couple simple steps, you can win prizes from not one, not two, but three different brands. We'll be giving away a full month's supply of Paleo Valley's Organ Complex, yum, a box of epic bison bacon cranberry bars and a box of epic salmon strips. That sounds amazing. And a week's worth of chameleon cold brew. The Oregon Complex was huge for me for fertility preconception and it's played a large part in my postpartum recovery. The epic snacks are perfect for a mom or anyone really on the go or busy with a newborn. I'm speaking from experience here. And who doesn't love chameleon cold brew? It's the best on the market. All you have to do to enter between now and August 9th is subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave a review. It's as simple as that. Every review is an entry to win. We'll choose and announce the winner on our Wednesday podcast, August 9th. Best of luck.